The following episode of An Evening at the Movies is brought to you by the I Did Not Make These Rankings Podcast Network, Masturbators, The Sip List, An Evening at the Movies, Crushgasm, and Love is Black. I'll bring you this following episode. Thank you very much, and have a nice day. afternoon good evening and hi everybody welcome back to an evening at the movies i am your overworked and underappreciated host KCB, and this is the podcast where we according to harvey eat stale popcorn and drink watered down sodas and talk about all of our favorite movies and why we love them still because we haven't amended that rule out of the constitution yet but We'll see. Joining me, as always, everybody's favorite co-host. Wait. That one. <laughs> hey, hi, co-host. Hi, co-host. Wah, wah. Jesus, <laughs> I'm never going to fucking learn that lesson. Never. <sighs> well, we're rapidly approaching what, two and a half years, and I still, almost every episode, make the same freaking mistake. So... It is what it is. So, joining us tonight on an evening at the movies, we have a returning guest who hasn't been with us in a little while, but we are glad to have him back. We have with us Mr. Jeremy Bryant from, well, I will let him do all the introductions and the shameful plugging of all of his shows because one of his shows I will screw up the damn name of. And at least in the beginning, we should always pay, be a little bit respectful to the shows. So Jeremy, tell everybody who might be just now discovering you a little bit about yourself and all your shows. Well, if they're just now discovering me where the hell you been, but <laughs> right. But uh, you can, of course, find me on paranormal New normal maniacal music musings global strangeness and last but not least of course you can find me on bracket bastards so now that we have that one out of the way amanda go ahead and screw up the name of the one maniacal musical musicings or or as i prefer to refer to maniacal musification 
maniacal musical musifications. We, we actually had a guest the other night that actually used Amanda's pronunciation. Yay! I'm it's not going to And maniacal music musings is a freaking mouthful. Not that that's a well, bad thing. Because clearly there's no other show out there with those three words put together. And that's why it's called that, because you're not going to find any other show when you Google it. And with me with me and Chansey, I mean, everything we do is a mouthful. So, you know, come on. Or humor everything. Mouth. Okay. <laughs> who's getting the mouthful and who's giving the mouthful? Oh, <laughs> uh, we're always we're always the ones giving the mouthful, trust me. <laughs> and I believe the phrase you're looking for is anyway. I can definitely speak for the fact, well, both Amanda and I can speak for the fact, though, that we have been on M cubed so that we don't mispronounce it. And yes. it was a lot of fun. And if you have not listened to Maniacal Music Musings, you absolutely should check it out. It is an awesome show. And Jeremy and Chance the Rapper, who everybody knows has been on an evening at the movies a thousand and one times, do great jobs on that. So anyway, we are here tonight because we are going to get a little bit silly and ridiculous and we are going to discuss a movie that a certain sports network has deemed the funniest sports movie ever i don't know about that hmm. we'll pose that discussion question later in the episode so stay tuned for that but we are going to be discussing caddyshack so before i turn the microphone over to little miss think she can beat the clock in 90 seconds <laughs> i'm sure she will but uh caddyshack released on july 25th 1980 that's almost as old as i am jesus god um, yep. it was the directorial debut of one harold egon spengler ramus it was distributed by Orion Pictures, had a budget of $6 million, and a box office of $60 million. And I will let you both try and guess what the Rotten Tomato score for Caddyshack was, or is online. I'm going to go with 84%. Yeah, I yeah, I was gonna say like seventy-eight. It's gotta be somewhere around there. Oh yeah, shit, I got it. Well, not on the nose, but you were closer. Yeah, both freaking blew the prices right rule. You weren't close, but you were closer and went over. You both went over and you were over by less. What's the answer? Seventy-two percent. Yeah, interesting. I, I, I knew it was, I knew I knew it was gonna need to be higher than it should have been, but I mean it definitely should have been higher. There's no fucking doubt. But yeah, it's rotten tomatoes, so fuck rotten tomatoes. I know that right away, and I know to always 
I assume it's going to be a lot lower than you think it is. So um, for those of you, again, who don't necessarily know, um, An Evening at the Movies and The Sip List are a part of the I Did Not Make These Rankings podcast network, where we have our number one bylaw is fuck Rotten Tomatoes, in the ass, without lube, and a barbed wire wrapped dildo. That's how screwed up Rotten Tomatoes is. Screwed up enough that when I put together the Tom Hanks bracket that we are currently smack dab in the middle of, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag on this one. Rotten Tomatoes didn't even have Splash on the list of movies that he made. Yeah, that's Go ridiculous. figure. Uh, but he's got a lot of movies. He does have well, 50... He's got a lot worse movies than Splash that were on that list. <laughs> Mm-hmm. A lot of movies that um, there were three movies in the first round that did not get one vote and <laughs> unanimously got their ass handed to them. Tune in for the results and the second round reveal to find out which movies those are. Because also you'll get the results of Amanda's, oh my god, I can't believe these are a first round matchup freaking movies as well. Mm-hmm. Not lying. Super in Seattle and you got mail. Yeah, it was bullshit. <laughs> somebody, somebody was bitter over that one. <laughs> all righty. So, with all that said, um, co host, do you think you can effectively describe the plot of? Caddyshack in 90 seconds. Of course. Um, Caddyshack. It's Bill Murray playing whack-a-mole for an entire movie. The end. (laughs) Just kidding. 1.15 seconds. Okay, for real. So we have... Reset. Ready? (laughs) Go. Danny Noonan, a teen down on his luck, works as a caddy at the snob-infested Bushwood Country Club to raise money for his college education. In an attempt to gain votes for a college scholarship reserved for caddies, Noonan volunteers to caddy for a prominent and influential club member. Meanwhile, Danny struggles to prepare for the high-pressure Caddy Day golf tournament while absorbing new-age advice from wealthy golf guru Ty Webb. Holy crap. Eating. Don't bite me. Valencio the phone for favor. Yeah, about 33 seconds. <laughs> All right. So I will pose the first question of the discussion to Mr. Jeremy. What oh about Patty Shack? Do you find the most appealing? Tough one, tough one. Boobies. The f- no like one scene, but they're, seriously, I mean, they're in like one or two scenes. That's, this is not the movie you watch. You want to see boobs? I mean, I mean, it's a nice feature, but it's not going to be the overqualified reason to watch this movie any day of the week. But I, I would definitely say just the. Just the cast, just the the people in the cast is one of the most star-studded movies ever. Like, no one in that movie, besides the main freaking character, didn't really become famous. And even he got some small roles after that. 
Yeah. True. I mean, it's four comedy legends in their prime that are at the front of that movie. Like it is. I mean, you you literally there's literally not one scene where you're not entertained. Like there's not one scene where you actually could be like, I'm not gonna bathroom them without pausing it. No, yeah. I'm gonna pause it every freaking time I get up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And even like I mean, the, Well, go ahead. I was gonna say even even the flawless, like just the movie is flawless the way it runs. Like there's no awkward like in between scenes things. It just goes from one scene to a completely different scene, transitionally mm-hmm. perfect. Like it's not you're not waiting like for anybody to drive down the street or anything. It just it takes place in literally one, maybe two locations and it's perfect. It's just yeah. I mean they couldn't do well, they and- couldn't do it nowadays. They couldn't. Not the way that Harold Ramis did it and pieced everything together with this movie. Because yeah. one of the things I found when I was looking up stuff online this morning while I was at work was um, all the stuff with the gopher. Mm-hmm. All of it was added in uh, added after principal photography was done as a way to help Splice the movie together and kind of sort of transition from one scene to the next. Because if you stop and think about it, at least in my opinion anyway, if you cut those little like gopher scenes out throughout the movie, that movie can have kind of sort of a choppy flow to it. I mean, it's like scene, 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 and they don't really smoothly transition into each other yeah i I mean it's true it's true i mean and plus that gopher is famous now that damn gopher is famous like oh yeah it was in the the second one too if i'm not mistaken as well but Mm -hmm. i haven't seen the second i haven't seen the second one in a long time because it doesn't measure up it's we do not condone caddyshack 2 on an evening at the movies oh it's it's Freck, it's Jackie Cleason. I mean, it's a good comedy still. And Chevy Chase is still in it. That's it. Interesting. Nobody else in the original. Well, that's because Rodney Dangerfield was filming Back to School or something like that at that time. Yeah. And well, Bill Murray was Bill Murray, but I think Bill Murray was the only one that came back for the second movie. I mean, it's not a horrible movie per se, but at the same time, well, even like one of the fun facts that I came up or that I found online was um, Doug Kenny and Harold Ramis, the two of the writers from the well, all three, well, two out of the three writers had a difficult time after um, Animal House pitching movies to different studios in Hollywood. They ended up teaming up with uh, Bill Murray's brother, Brian Doyle Murray. And they pitched the idea of Animal House on the golf course. And <laughs> Ryan Pictures picked it up and ran with it. And hence the classic that you would get being Caddyshack. Which makes sense. I mean, because, and who wouldn't want another, the people who made Animal House to make more? I mean, Jesus, what's wrong with this country? <laughs> Animal House is one of the more classic, quintessential college party movies. Yeah. Oh, it, it is. It's the most essential, in my opinion. But yeah. Well, I mean, in my opinion, movies 
you know, Animal House walked so movies like American Pie and things of that nature could run. Yeah. Ah. So, what you the you hell? stole you stole my phrase that I was about to use. <laughs> I know that's why I did it. That's yeah, why man. you yelled at me because I stole your phrase. Yeah. Tune in Tuesday when I veto your one of your draft picks. I don't care. <laughs> uh, but, but on a happier note, Amanda, was and there Bri- anything? And Brian Doyle, Mur- Brian Doyle Murray was in the movie too. Yeah, it was. Brian Doyle Murray has been in a lot of stuff that people don't necessarily realize that who he really is. Yeah, I, until until I actually looked in the cash shack, I never knew who he was. And when as soon as I saw the name Murray, I was like, "Wait a minute, really?" <laughs> like I didn't see it, but I'd heard the name before, but up until like seven or eight years ago, it never connected in my brain. Oh, Murray. Oh, Murray. They're in a lot of stuff together. Yeah. Yep. I wonder, could they be brothers? Who? Google search. Oh, hey, look, they're biologically linked as brothers. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. And truth be told, after two and a half years, if y'all are just now realizing that, then fooey on you. I love him in Christmas Vacation. That yeah. voice is so unmistakable. Retooling, I'll retool you. He's one of those actors, like I said, though, that you don't necessarily recognize him, but you know you've seen him in about a thousand different movies. Yeah, he's, he's got a lot of stuff. Of course. You, I mean, I would say probably his filmography is probably, his list of movies is probably longer than Bill's, if you stop and think about it. Well. I don't know because Bill Murray's been know. in a lot of movies too, where you, where you don't know it's him. But at the same time, Bill, a lot of Bill Murray's working has been tuned back in the last probably ten years or so too, as he's gotten yeah, older. He's old AF. You're old yeah, AF. I mean, old AF. <laughs> Love you. Mean it. Whatever. Yeah, I stole one Are of your you, other friends. You ain't kidding. He, he's actually been in a lot of freaking TV shows I watched over the last like 10 years that I never even knew it was him. Ooh, Brian? Well, those might just be guest spots, though. Are you on IMDb? No. no. I'm on Wikipedia, and like they're, oh. they're, he, they're ones where he's on every episode. Nice. I mean, Sullivan and Son, he was on all 33 episodes of. He was on Lodge 49 yeah. in a recurring role. But he, he he got he got chubbier, so I didn't, that's why I don't recognize him. But I, yeah. I, I didn't know he got chubbier. Like I always thought he'd be like a skinny guy. Yeah, but now that I see him like that. Like it's just I could definitely picture him in a lot of different things. Actually, I've watched. Yeah, I mean, truth be told, once you go gray, it definitely changes your facial features. Oh yeah, mm. we here in an evening at the movies do not condone going gray, at all. It's not fun. Do- too bad. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Amanda, was there something you wanted to chime in with for why you found the movie so appealing? Um, I mean, it's it's just the comedy. Like, 
you feel like it's a very lowbrow movie, but it's still like, I mean, Bill Murray muttering all the stuff he says is just hilarious. And Chevy Chase is so hot. You get to see a lot of his butt. He bends over a lot. I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah, I mean, no, what I was going to say when you you stole my line was that um, I was going to say Al Shervick walked so happy Gilmore could run. If you watch no, a lot of Rocky Dangerfield in this movie, like, it reminds me a lot of Happy Gilmore. Uh, I, I get Early in the what you said. Yeah, I get what you mean by that, but I mean, it's just two different personalities completely. I mean, the, the I mean, he has a freaking he's a freaking radio and his freaking uh golf bag. I know it's like the golf DeLorean bag, of golf bags. <laughs> it is. It's freaking, it's freaking amazing and remotes for the clubs and a keg tap. Yeah, the radio in the bag I thought was so cool. And it's fucking Journey. It's Journey. I mean, he blasts Journey. Who doesn't love that? Well, I mean, and truth be told, look, Amanda can even vouch for this. Last night when we were rewatching the movie, I texted her and said, hey, I would like to have that golf bag for my golf game. And I suck at golf, so yeah, and I would cool. gladly have that to enjoy my day out on the golf course. Let's see. Okay. So, let's just rip the Band-Aid off right now and get it over with. Um, like I said in the intro, um, ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports, has deemed this movie the funniest sports movie of all time. I will uh, let you guys chime in with your thoughts as to whether or not you agree with that statement or not. I would call it the funniest golf movie ever made. And that's high praise because I love Happy Gilmore. I don't think it's the funniest sports movie ever made. Um, I mean, I would consider it the funniest classic sports movie ever made. Not if you want, if you separate it between classic and modern. But I mean, I just, I mean, it's the funniest one in the 70s and 80s, I think. That's for sure. But well, there's maybe but there's maybe not a lot 90s. in that time. Like, in 70s and 80s, there's not a lot of sports comedies. I mean, you had, I guess, Longest Yard and Major League. I think Major League is funnier than Caddyshack, but that's just me. Uh, I don't. I mean, it's a good movie, I mean, but... Yeah. I think Talladega Nights is funnier than Caddyshack. Oh, God, no. God, no. I love Will Ferrell, but God, no. That's like one of his worst movies. <laughs> What? Uh, no. That's one of Will Ferrell's worst movies. No. Jesus I can't stand that. <laughs> I can't stand that freaking movie. I love that movie. Help me, Jesus. You Help are me, not Tom on Cruise. fire, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <sighs> it's definitely up there. I mean, it's probably in, it, it's in the top five, but I don't think I think it's the funniest golf movie for sure. Did did it win the sports movies bracket on masturbators or no? I feel like it did. No, I think it was like a league of their own or something. Oh, one yeah. Of the more serious ones. A, a league of their own always kills everything. Because it's uh, fucking Cat amazing. Oh, it is, bud. Caddyshack went deep in the bracket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which but, it should. 
Whoa, yeah, I mean, it's a great fucking movie, and there's a reason why we're, you know, joined together tonight to discuss it. Yes, there is. I mean, the statement about it being the funniest sports movie of all time, eh, mm. I think. I mean, <sighs> well, so what do you think's funnier, Jeremy? Because you, everything I've said, you shot down. I don't think there's that much funnier in the Caddy Shack. That's, I mean, the only thing I could possibly think of is like the remake along with Sherrod Adam Sandler's version. That's the only. Th- that's the only sports movie I laughed at harder than Caddy Shack, and every time I watch it, I still laugh harder than I laugh at Caddy Shack. I mean, Caddy Shack, literally, I was sitting there on the couch last night watching it, like, just dying laughing at everything. Like, that's that's why it's the funniest, because it's not like other movies where there's, like, boring scenes, and then there's another joke. Like, it's just nonstop, nonstop. Like, every line's a joke, almost. <laughs> I mean, like you said, with Bill Murray muttering shit, uh, everything Chevy Chase says is just pure yeah. sarcastic. It's pure sarcastic bliss, and you can't Gold. even freaking. You don't even catch it all the first time you watch it like that. Everything he's saying is sarcasm. It takes a couple watchings to get yeah. that really, but uh, like it's just. That's and sometimes, sure. and I'm pretty sure from what I've heard, like a lot, a lot of their lines were improv. Like they, like Rambus basically said, like this is the basic scene. Just say what you're gonna say. On I'm that sure note, they were all high. I, on that note, I will chime in with this fun fact that I found while doing the research. The OG director's cut for Caddyshack. Mind you, the theatrical release version of Caddyshack is about an hour and 35 minutes long. The OG director's cut of Caddyshack is 4.5 hours long. The fuck? Because of I would watch all- that. Because of all the improving that Bill Murray and Chevy Chase did, Harold Ramis had issued was struggled with what to cut out of the movie to make. Because let's be honest, truth be told, forty years ago, there's no way in hell a four and a half hour long movie no. is going to get released by any freaking studio. If you weren't like an epic masterpiece like The Godfather or Star Wars or whatever, you weren't getting no two and a half hours to run your damn movie. And even Star Wars back in the 80s was not two and a half hours long. No, hour and a half, basically. Yeah. But, and a funny fact, though, this is the only time you ever see Bill Murray and Chevy Chase in anything together. They hate they hated each other on SNL back in the day, and they did not yeah. ever work together. Like it's almost the only time you'll ever see the two of them actually interact in a movie, and it's only in that one scene they're actually together. Yeah, which it's is amazing, evident, amazing there was scene. A lot of drama on the set of Saturday Night Live between the two of them. Everyone wanted to be the big man on campus. Well, I, and Chevy had the looks going for him. I almost hate to say it, but that original Saturday Night Live cast, how could you not have massive egos with that kind of freaking talent? I mean, Aykroyd, Murray, Chase, Gilda Radner. Belushi. Belushi, uh, Garrett Morris. Oh, my God. And we're not even, yeah, that's the original cast. We're not even getting into freaking... 
savior of all yeah. saviors from the second group being Mr. Greatest Comedian of All Time, Eddie Murphy. But uh, let's see what else do we have here. Uh, do, 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 do. Um, the Dalai Lama has actually never played golf before and has never seen Caddyshack. Really? I mean, go The Dalai Lama? Yeah, I was going to say Dalai Lama. <laughs> uh, Google Yeah, I love, I love, I love. I love how he tries to pronounce like Gugula Gungula and like he keeps like saying it over and over again like in different ways like Dolly Bill Murray is a freaking genius in this freaking movie. I don't care. Bill Murray is a comedic genius period to begin with. <laughs> One of my favorites was when the guy tells him to kill all the golf the golfers and he's like <laughs> if I kill all the golfers I think they'll lock me up and throw me the key. It's like gophers. Because of his accent. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we do the same thing with gophers? <laughs> just do it on that day. <laughs> like it's just oh. it's uh, and the you know how many scenes from this movie have been used in like skits and animation shows too, just because they're classic. I mean, hell, in the oh yeah. In Star and Star Wars Family Guy in Return of the Jedi one where they're all on uh, Jabba's ship waiting for the like the freaking uh, sign to be given. Did you like, say Jabba? Jabba, yeah. They're all on Jabba's ship, like waiting for the sign to be given, and like, and freaking like when they go around, they go around, they go around, like everybody, like, and then finally they show like uh, the judge, like, well, we're waiting. <laughs> like it's just it's classic. There's so many. Kaishak is has so many like references and other things. It's crazy. So I have that going for me, which is nice. No, I thought you said it's weird Jabba to see a, a brick wall. Job. The fun fact, as we get back into it, um, did you guys know that Kenny Loggins was not Harold Ramis's first pick to do the theme song for Caddyshack? Was that Michael McDonald? <laughs> no. One of those uh, yacht rockers. Believe I personally, when I saw who his first choice was, was like. Uh okay, that's a totally different route to go with the theme song. Kenny Logan, Kenny, <laughs> you be nice talking about my Danny Elfman. Um, and Danny Elfman hadn't been discovered yet. Yeah. But, yeah, wait for um, time. The band who was his first choice is not even in the same remote genre as Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins is Yacht Rock. Right. Pink Floyd is not Yacht Rock. Interesting. What? I, it, it wouldn't have been the same without Kenny Loggins' yeah. theme song. No. Well, it would have been a lot more trippy and less perky. Pink Floyd would have done I'm All Right, but it would have been in a, the Pink Floyd style. The reason Pink Floyd gave for not doing the theme was they were busy doing promotional stuff for the wall. Uh, well, it worked out for the better, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they got the wall out of it. We got, you know, Kenny Loggins singing I'm All Right, one of the 
18,000 movie themes that he did in the 1980s. And one of the most recognizable of movie theme songs. Uh, it's up there, but I wouldn't say. I mean, I said one of. I didn't say the. I mean, I think Footloose is probably say, in yeah. Time of My Life from Dirty Dancing. Those are like the most, but. I'm all right. Footloose, Time of My Life. Um, Highway to the Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Um, tune in to any, or the SIP list, and we will do a top five list of most recognizable movie theme songs coming soon. Add it to the list. I already added to the list earlier um, best fictional songs, so like from TV shows or movies, because I was watching How I Met Your Mother, and I was like, let's go to the mall is like an epic fucking song. Blame Canada. No. It's an excellent fucking song. Like, <laughs> let's go to the mall. It's not as original and amazing as the Beaver song. Yeah, the Beaver song's great. Hey, Jessica, <laughs> how's your Beaver? <laughs> <laughs> oh my Busy god! Busy eating wood as much as ever. <laughs> oh, and uh, Alan, Alan Thick's freaking math lesson. I know. Oh my god, that's, that's such an epic scene. When Chica says, how's your beaver? They both spit out their drinks. <laughs> so funny. Anyway. How much uh, wood am I going to need to satisfy satisfy both of these beavers all weekend long? A lot of wood. Oh, dear Lord, besides the fact that you're old enough damn near to be their fucking grandfather, dude. Uh, who, who, who said 90s TV shows weren't creepy? Hey, Alan Thick aged pretty well. So anyway. True. But anyway, uh, I guess pretty much it for the, all the fun facts that I had. Um, so before we get to our reviews, I'd like to give everybody a shot at, is there any specific lines in the movie that you find to be iconic? So many. Uh what, I'll say, what, what line isn't iconic in this movie? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the end of the day. I mean, at, hey, Whitey, where's your hat? Like, they use that in Futurama, for God's sakes. It's a small reference, but you got to catch it. But it's there. <laughs> I mean, uh, I every time I fart in public, I say, who stepped on a duck? <laughs> like, like I, I've been doing this since I was a freaking teenager for that for Rodney Dangerfield reasons. I mean, it's just uh, well, I mean, I, Rodney Rodney Dangerfield is an amazing comedic genius. Rest in peace, Rodney. Um, and the fact that realistically, this movie, I mean, pretty much was his coming out party, transitioning from stand up comedy into doing cinematic masterpieces that would turn out to be Caddyshack and Back to School and everything else he did in his career before he passed. But I mean, uh, so, so many iconic lines. I mean, freaking the only, the only, the only scene that doesn't have iconic lines is the first scene when Dane's in his house. Like that doesn't even have like, there's like no iconic lines in that scene. Like that's the only one though. I mean, after that, it's just yeah, I mean, that, everything. That opening scene with like him at like the breakfast table 
with his dad. That's kind of sort of a kind of one of those like I feel like it's a cookie cutter. Like you've got a kid getting ready to go off to college and he's having the discussion with his dad about saving money and doing this and you need to get a scholarship and blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, it's been done, redone and done again. It felt very like Mox and his dad from Varsity Blues. <laughs> I don't want your life. <laughs> oh my God, I hate that freaking line. I know, it's so I annoying. I don't want your life. Because James Vanderbeek with a Texas accent is just... It's awful. No. I've, I, I heard think... Texas accents last fall when I was down there, and Vanderbeek's is nowhere in the same league as those <laughs> people. Definitely. <sighs> I say thank you very little a lot. <laughs> oh, my um, God, uh, Chevy Chase's song just, when he's with her, when he's singing to her on the piano is just such a classic, <laughs> like Chevy Chase thing. It's it's such a Chevy Chase thing, and oh yeah, uh, I I mean, that, that whole scene. I mean, everything he be says the, to Lacey, everything he says to Lacey in that scene is just like pure iconic, like lines. Oh, I mean, Chevy Chase, what is, is a comedic genius. What does he say when he's like he? You're you're very beautiful for a woman with an amazing body or something like that. Like <laughs> that's exactly what he says. You just nailed it. Uh-huh. It's like, so yeah. it, it's like he's trying to be sarcastic, but not really, and it, it's just so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. well, I mean, even Cinderella like the line story, when... what? Go ahead. I was just gonna say the whole Go Cinderella ahead, story monologue. Um, yeah, I love Bill that Murray's Bill Murray ad-libbed that whole thing, and it's hilarious. He's a Cinderella story of former assistant groundskeeper about to become master champion. It looks like a mirror. It's in the hole. It's in the hole. It's in the hole. So funny. Yeah. Oh, well, and that's I even mean, freaking Bill- Shit. Sorry. That scene has even actually been spoofified with Tiger Woods doing that monologue as well. <laughs> so, uh, um, well, I was just going to reference the fact too that like one of my favorite Chevy Chase sarcastic lines is when he's in the locker room with the judge and he walks in. Oh, and, yeah. Um, he tells the judge, don't sell yourself short judge you're a tremendous slouch you're a tremendous slouch i love those kind of jokes they're just so i don't know they're funny turning it back around on you oh the freak the whole and the, the freaking whole line when chase and murray are in the one scene together and he's just like making chevy chase like take freaking toke then freaking take a swig like it's just puff it swig it like it's just like freaking classic and the whole and Chevy Chase's line, like, yeah, we yeah, we got we got a pool. We got a pond too, though. Pond be good for you. Yes. <laughs> you know he meant that shit. <laughs> uh he 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 did. He actually had that in. Yeah. I heard him say that in an interview. Well, even like the Rodney Dangerfield's wit. I mean, Rodney Dangerfield has some very classic lines throughout the entire movie. Oh god, yeah. Everything he says. But <laughs> like the line 
this is your wife, huh? Hey, baby, you must have been something before electricity. Before electricity. <laughs> oh, my God. And he said, now I know why tigers eat their young. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, his, everything he says in that freaking dying room is amazing. Oh, it's the dance, it's the dance of the walking dead. Like, it's just <laughs> classic, classic. Did you see his dance while he was walking through that damn dining room? Amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's usually pretty sure he's usually coked out at that point, but yeah, probably. <laughs> but sure. I mean, at the same time, um, I will um, go ahead and we'll let the guests go first. And Mr. Jeremy, you can let us know your overall thoughts of the entire movie as a whole. And go ahead and rate the movie out of five. Oh, well, I mean, it's there's it literally gets a five out of five. There's nothing this movie does wrong. It is one of the most classic comedies of all time. It's always been in my top five movies top, top or top ten movies, depending on the topic. But it's always been in my top five or ten my whole, since I've seen it when I was a teenager. Like, it's just it's one of those movies that never should get remade. Thank God they haven't attempted it yet, but it should never get remade ever because yeah. you don't have the casting ability for it. I mean, I have, ideas of who, I have ideas of who could do it. I was going to say, I have ideas of who could do it, but I mean, you're not going to get that cast together. There's no way in hell. And it's just, you should. It's so perfectly done, it doesn't need to be touched. There's not I one... Agree. And it's not one of those movies either that people... Well, I, I hate this statement, but it's not one of those movies either that people say it didn't age well. Like, it did, because there's nothing for it to age wrong. I mean, it's all pretty freaking on board with everything. There's, there's nothing really illegal being done in these days. So, well, I mean, I'm, pre I'm pretty sure every, like, girl that, every girl in that movie is of age, I'm pretty sure. So, well, and I feel like if that movie was remade today, you're probably going to get a lot of like your pot smoking and yeah. getting drunk and all the cheap, for lack of a better term, cheap imitation jokes that just get thrown out there because you know it's an easy laugh um the beauty of caddyshack is the fact that nothing that was written in that movie was just an easy throwaway joke no the stuff that chevy chase and bill murray came up with was good because they're smart comedians and they know what they're doing harold ramus is a talented writer brian doyle murray talented writer um the other guy, talented writer, you know, he and Harold Ramis wrote Animal House as well, and probably a wealth of other movies. You know, there's talent in that cinematic gene pool. For lack of a better term, don't fuck with the classics. Oh, they, I real. mean, if they remake that or Animal House ever, I will lose it. I mean, they gave us American Pie Beta House. To me, you're... Amanda, your boobs beeping again? Jeez. Yes, I'm sorry. I mean, if they were they they gave us American Pie Beta House. That's the closest thing we'll ever get to a remake to Animal House, and it should stay that way. Mm, I've heard rumors of the fact that there's actually ideas being thrown around for an Animal House remake. And actually, awful. I'm I, 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 actually I'm sorry. Futurama did a version of Animal House too, so that was pretty good. But I mean, 
animation can copy things and not ruin them. So, but I mean, still, just you, they can't here's remake the, it. They should. Here's they should. the deal. At, at the end of the day, and Amanda and I, a couple years ago, maybe tackled this topic with a bonus episode of an evening <laughs> where we had talked about the fact that Hollywood tends to anymore go down the road of cheap remakes or sequels that came 30 years after they should have been made. Yep. And for lack of a better term, there seems at time to be no originality in Hollywood. So that would be my one. We won't go back down that road. If you want to listen to my personal thoughts or Amanda's thoughts on that subject, go back and find the episode on Spotify or wherever they're all there. I think it came out in August of 2021. So, um, co-host, your thoughts and rating? Um, I mean, it, you know, it's a movie I grew up with. It's, you know, very funny, very witty, and, you know, even a little meta for the 80s. Like, it's, you know, comedy making fun of itself sometimes, and comedy about comedy and it's just I don't know it's pretty good there's a few racial jokes that I think don't age well but other than that this movie I feel like ages pretty well I think people today don't get it as much especially if you like you know working at the golf course in the 80s was like a big deal like if you were working at the country club it was like saved by the bell where they had those jobs at that beach club like you wanted that job you wanted to work at the country club um well, I mean, yeah. they did it on Saved by the Bell. They did it on 90210. That's how yeah. Brandon got his Mustang. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's hilarious. The cast is genius. And I don't know. I can't really say anything bad about it. Um. I, do, I definitely hope they don't remake it. I was going to say something else and I forgot. Oh, I know. Um. The gopher. He's like the hero. I love the gopher so much. It's so funny. The gopher and stole the movie. The yeah. gopher and Bill Murray is just, yeah, adorable. So, um, and yeah, I'll never complain about Chevy Chase in that movie because he is pretty sexy. So, yeah, I will give it. I'll give it 4.8 out of 5 radio golf bags. You had the shot to steal my point of reference, and you didn't do it. Thank you for that. I mean, at the same time, I will agree with everything that Amanda and Jeremy both said. This movie is one of, I will put it in in my probably top five for iconic, funny sports movies of all time. Yeah. Um, It's fun. It's creative. It may not necessarily be 100% perfect. Like Amanda said, there may be a joke or two here throughout the here and there throughout the entire movie that may not necessarily translate. But it tracks for 80s comedy, too. Not but saying that's okay, but it wasn't def- over the top. I've seen 80s comedy that's definitely yeah. does not. <laughs> fucking Revenge of the Nerds does not freaking track well going forward to translate to today's standards of what cinema needs to be. Well, and there's 
basically almost a rape in that movie. So it's like, yeah, they did they did some shady shit in that movie. Yeah, and there was some shady shit in part two, and but anyway, um, so yeah, it may not be a one hundred percent perfect movie per se, but at the end of the day, it's still an incredible movie. And um, okay, I'm having issues with this thing. I apologize. No, you're fine. Um, I will go ahead and steal my co-host number and go with 4.8. Mischievous gophers out of five. (laughs) Very nice. um, With that said, definitely, for some reason, if you have not seen this movie, all three of us, I'm sure, are willing to highly recommend and put our reputations on the line to say if you haven't seen this movie push pause if you haven't seen this movie and you've gotten to this point now you basically screwed yourself because you need to freaking watch this movie and not have it spoiled for you and but pretty much we probably did a decent enough job of spoiling it you can't spoil this movie though that's the thing i mean the story is not important. It doesn't even matter. There's basically not even really a plot to this movie. And even the plot that there is, isn't even important. So it's like, no, I don't know. I mean, that's one of the good things about it. I think is you can't really spoil it except for, you know, who wins the caddy golf tournament. Other than that, it's like, you just have to watch it and enjoy. (laughs) The gopher wins. It's. um... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he does. So, uh, definitely, absolutely, go check it out. Um, unfortunately, you probably will have to find it for rent on YouTube or Prime because I don't believe it's streaming anywhere else. If you don't own it on, it's not. It, it's not. It's but it's not. make the make the smart decision is buy it on Prime because you're gonna watch. You're, you're gonna want to watch it again. So yeah, yeah, it's one of those movies that yeah. I, if I was looking for a movie, I've had movies pop up where it's like I can't find them because, like, Harvey's thrown out a couple of recommendations for future episodes that he wants to come on for, and they're so obscure, and we'll get to that here in a minute. But it's like, yeah, I've got to go rent it on Prime because it's like I'm not paying purchase get a fees. Fire stick. Get a fire stick. I have one literally, but like when we were supposed to um, get it set up was when all the shit went down with my arm and I ended up in the hospital. Uh, weeks. Yeah. So it, it, it takes, it takes a little while to set it up. Yeah. Too. That, that's a good half hour. I actually deleted it because it took up all the space on my fire stick. And so I, none of my apps would update. Oh, that's, that's the only thing I use. That's the only thing I use it for. So, oh, I use mine. So, I mean, Maybe it's I not a Samsung. separate one for that. No, it's not a Samsung TV. I can do everything on the TV without it. So, well, I can, but we, I, I have that in my bedroom, and we don't have. Um, that's oh. not a smart TV, so we have. The, oh. Yeah, it's a it's a dumb dumb TV. <laughs> <laughs> 
Alrighty. So with all that said, as always, I want to thank the dozens for being here each and every week. You guys are fucking amazing. And we appreciate all your guys' support. You guys are the ones that keep us coming back each and every week. And well, like we've said before in the past, and I haven't said in a while, but I want to reiterate and bring up to everybody again. Even if you guys quit watching or quit listening, we'd still probably still do the show because Amanda and I love talking about movies even if it is only to hear ourselves talk so (laughs) but we're glad that we have the devoted listeners that we have we love you guys all and um as always also thank you jeremy for coming back and being here again um we definitely will look forward to having you back again in the very near future i know we kicked around the idea of animal house as well as a couple other ideas as well yep and Absolutely would love to have you back. Um, do you have anything coming up on your laundry list of podcasts that you would like to shamelessly plug? I mean, you could check out Paranormal New Normal, where we just had our Shark Movie Bracket release about a week ago now. And you could also check out Maniacal Music Musings, where we will be having a dog fashion disco bracket as the first part of Chansey's birthday extravaganza. I believe next weekend, and then we'll be coming back at the end of the week, end of the month, and the month for Chancey's birthday with a two-part secret surprise bracket that Chancey knows nothing about. So that's the fun part. Well, you will now if he listens to this episode. Okay, he 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 knows it's co- he knows it's coming on those two days, but he doesn't know what it's about or who's in it. So oh, everything's well, a secret except the fact that he has to be there. So I was going to say, would you like me to edit that part out just to make sure he doesn't no, know what's going on? Nope. I have been right careful to reveal any more than that to him on everything I advertise it on. So, but other than that, Amanda I mean, and I don't know shit. Yep. Our name's all in the shit between y'all. Yep. So, and of course, you can just check me out on Global Strangers and Bracket Bastards every week as well. Just regular episodes, but always fun. And actually, we just did a horror movies bracket on Global Strangers. It was pretty good. Come check that out. Surprising winner. As long as it's not Halloween, I don't care. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> Amanda's not. Amanda's pouting. No, I'm not. Well, you're going to be uh, pouting here in a second when I ask you if you have anything coming up on the simplest that you would like to shamelessly plug. Well, um, I actually don't, and I'm sorry about the noise, but um, my... My insulin pump is going crazy, so I gotta go. But um, nothing particular coming up. We've got some ideas floating around, but just uh, check out thesiplistpod.com and you'll see all the previous episodes and subscribe if you want to hear what's coming up next because I just fly by the seat of my pants. So, Pretty Jeremy, much. thanks for coming on. Good talking to you. Sorry, everybody. Okay, so I'll have to close you out because I gotta run. That's not my job, but it, I'll, I'll pick up the slack for you this time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Okay, bye, kids. Peace and hair grease. All right. So now that she's out of the way, um, coming up on an evening at the movies, we're going to do this old school style and give you guys a heads up as to what I've got that I know I've got coming up on the schedule as well. Um, To coincide with the second episode of Literature Reapers coming out this week, we will be doing a crossover episode on an evening at the movies with 
Um, Shanna, Amanda, myself, and Dre will be discussing A Time to Kill. Kendra has requested From Justin to Kelly. That will be coming up in June. Chansey will be coming back, and we will be discussing Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Vanessa from 30, Flirty, and Not Thriving. I think I got those in the right order. We'll be coming back in two weeks to talk about Pirates of the Caribbean 2. Um, we've got the uh, host from Slay of the Stars will be coming at the end of the month and discussing Scream. And we are in, currently in the midst of the Tom Hanks greatest movie, greatest Tom Hanks movie ever tournament. Um, stay tuned for that as well. Results from that are coming out each and every Sunday night. So with all of that said, there's a lot of stuff coming on the horizon. I, I won't go further down the road, but um, you can find us on all social media platforms as well, and you can get your updates there. Um, again, thank you, Jeremy, for being here. That was an incredible episode, and we should do Animal House sooner rather than later as well, because I'm not going to lie. I've got fucking openings coming up like a motherfucker over the next couple months. All right. So, yeah, I'm down for Animal House anytime. anytime. Well, I mean, it's again, it's the fraternity party version of Caddyshack as well. Yeah, who wouldn't love to talk about an animal house? With that said, um, thank you, Jeremy, again for being here, and we hope you guys all come back for an evening at the movies. Have a good night, guys.